Hi friends, welcome back. I am so excited about this month um, because I know last month we we did more of a, a clearing, a cleansing, a decluttering practice every day. And this month I wanted to bring us back to meditation. Um, and so I kind of designed uh, how I want the next 28 days to look for us, right? So we're going to do some daily meditation practices that are not going to be very long, right? They'll be anywhere from five to maybe about 20 minutes. Um, I don't think, I don't even think they'll be that long, maybe 15 at the most, right? So they'll be very small moments of time so that it's easier for us to digest, right? And allow our meditation to truly guide us throughout the rest of our days. I've broken it down by week. So we'll truly have each week where we'll focus on a particular theme. So with today will be the beginning of week one. And I'm really excited about this week one. Um, I, I'm actually excited about all the weeks, every single one of them. They're going to be absolutely amazing. So thank you for being here. Thank you for coming along on this journey with me. And I hope that you get as much out of these meditations as I do. Mindfulness practice isn't meant to eliminate thinking, but more so help us know what we're thinking when we're thinking it. Just like when we want to know what we're feeling when we're feeling it. See, it allows us to watch our thoughts, see how one thought leads to the next, and then decide if we're heading down an unhealthy path, and if so, allow us to let go and change directions. See, we can rest in the awareness of the thought, in the compassion we extend to ourselves if the thought that makes us maybe feel uncomfortable and in the balance and good sense that we can summon as we decide whether or not we want to act on that particular thought. See, working with emotions during our meditation sessions truly does sharpen our ability to recognize a feeling just as it begins, not 15 consequential actions later. We can then go on to develop a more balanced relationship with it, letting it overwhelm us so that we lash out. We can now control that, or we can also redirect if we tend to ignore it because we're afraid or ashamed of it. We're able to balance that relationship between the two. See, in this way, the practice of mindfulness truly does allow us to see our lives more clearly, more honestly. And the clearer our vision, the more firsthand information we have about ourselves and the world. And the better able that we are to make those good decisions, 
and feel less fragmented as we do it. This week, we're going to focus on mindfulness of the mind. You know, the thoughts and the emotions that come and go. These objects of mindfulness can be subtle and fleeting, as especially the case with our thoughts. So whether our thoughts or emotions, we tend to identify with them quite a bit. And as much as we identify our true selves with our bodies, we tend to do that a lot more with our minds, right? Think of when you hit your elbow, right? You might yell out or quietly say, oh my God, my elbow hurts. But we are truly unlikely to say, I am a sore elbow. See the difference? So if we experience sadness, guilt, anger, we're much more likely to build a whole self-image around that. You know, like, oh my God, sometimes saying I'm such an angry person and I always will be, right? We attach ourselves to this image. Trust me that our goal is not to at all wipe out those thoughts or emotions, not even very negative or painful ones. We couldn't succeed at at that if we even truly tried really, really hard. But our goal is to establish a more spacious relationship to those thoughts and those emotions so that we are empowered. We have a choice in that space, right? For example, do I really want to send this exact email? If we have no space, we've already pressed send even before we recognize that that email may not have been a good one. We may have felt angry when we hit send. So the work isn't to fall into and be dominated by every thought and every emotion that arises, but also not to push against them and dislike or fear whatever we're feeling or thinking either. See, mindfulness actually avoids both of these extremes, and instead, we can have a balanced and interested relationship towards all of that that comes up for us. We can have more compassion for ourselves with more negative or painful states and notice and enjoy more pleasant states. Instead of being so distracted, we hardly take them into appreciation at all. See, we may have the idea that there's something we would like to capture, perhaps something that we can show off to all of our friends. But any meditation experience we can show off doesn't matter. What actually matters is that we're open to learning the ways of the forest, the ways of the body, the ways of the mind. What matters is that we learn how to wander, how to explore, how to make this journey of discovery. And to learn how to have that wander at that changing array of our experiences, that means there's no particular experience that is good while the rest are considered inferior. It's all good and that we can learn from everything, all aspects. So if at any time that it feels too fleeting or too ungrounded, it's perfectly fine to go back to mindfulness of the body. It's not regressive to do that. We're just trying to cover the scope of where mindfulness can touch and improve on our lives.
I wanted to share a tip with you today um, in regard to some British scientists. It was a very um, interesting article I read about longtime meditators. So the article uh, was stating that back in 2010, British scientists found that longtime meditators seem to handle pain better than the rest of us because their brains are less focused on the anticipating it. Right? Sounds kind of odd, but interesting. See, after using a laser to induce pain in study participants, the scientists then scanned their brains. They realized that the experienced meditators showed less activity in the areas of the brain normally turned on when we do anticipate pain, and it showed more activity in the region involved in regulating thinking and attention when we feel threatened. Dr. Christopher Brown um, of the University of Manchester said that the results of the study confirm how we suspected meditation might affect the brain. He said that meditation trains the brain to be more present focused and therefore to spend less time anticipating future negative events. I thought that was very interesting and I just wanted to share with you the science or some of the science behind meditation and why we practice it daily. See, the more directly and intimately we connect with our thoughts, our feelings, our experiences, the more powerfully proactive we can become. We can make better, more informed choices and not be as driven by unexamined habits. So if you think about it, mindfully accepting a negative feeling like rage or envy doesn't mean that we've given ourselves carte blanche to wallow in negative emotions or in or even um, act irresponsibly right it's actually quite the opposite because by acknowledging a thought or emotion as part of our human repertoire we can begin to create a healthier relationship with it So I want you to think about that while you're practicing. If at any point in observing your emotions, you start to feel overwhelmed, you can always, always return to your breath. That dear old comfortable friend. And you can do this at any time during your meditation if you need to steady or ground yourself. So please remember that. Remember that We can't avoid pain, but we can transform our responses to it. And that's what we're working toward. So I truly hope that you enjoy today's meditation practice that's geared around difficult emotions. And if these tips and this episode, these meditations are helpful to you or you think they might be helpful to a loved one, a friend, I would so, so appreciate it if you would share this podcast episode or write a review, like it, um, 
share it on any of your social media and you can tag me. You can also reach out to me at jenniferjgroveyoga at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you because the more we interact with one another, the more you allow me to guide you in meditation practices, the more content I can create for all of us and share my true passion of really giving to everyone. So I hope you enjoy this episode today. Welcome back. We can practice being with difficult emotions and thoughts, even intense ones, in an open, allowing, and accepting way. For many of us, this is the opposite of the more automatic model of pushing away uncomfortable feelings out of fear or annoyance, or doing everything that we can to avoid painful experiences at whatever cost. Very commonly, when something unpleasant happens, we project it into a seemingly unchanging future, right? Something like, this is going to last forever, this is never going to change, things will always be this way. Or, we might have the habit of creating a whole self-image around it, like, I am a bad person, I'm a bad mother, because this unwelcome thought is happening in my mind right now. But that is not true. See, what we're doing in this meditation practice is looking at the difference between what is actually happening in the moment, even if it's difficult, and what we add to in terms of future projection or unfairly blaming ourselves or even feeling like we should be in control of what arises in our minds or simply creating a solid self-image out of something that's actually impermeant. All of this can add to the stress and challenge that we experience. See, in our practice, we are going to look for these add-ons and see if we can let them go. No one can absolutely control what arises in their minds. It's like saying to yourself, I've decided not to be afraid anymore or not to suffer anymore, which is like saying, I've decided I never get the flu again. We can't stop a thought or an emotion from arising. Honestly, no one can, but we can empower just by our ability to relate to the thoughts and the emotions in a whole new way. Learning kind of not to buy into them, but at the same time, not unfairly blaming ourselves for what no one at all can keep from arising. We can have a whole new sense of space and also some kindness toward ourselves when these difficult things, these difficult emotions or thoughts start to arise. See, we practice relating more skillfully to these unpleasant experiences simply by recognizing that they're there 
and then holding them in awareness rather than adding so much more difficulty through the force of a habit with all of these add-ons that we usually do. So allow yourself to sit comfortably with either your eyes closed or slightly open. Again, however you feel most at ease. And you can begin this practice by just simply bringing to mind a difficult or a troubling thought or situation. Some situation that carries for you an intense emotion such as sadness, fear, shame, or even anger. And see where you feel it in your body. What does it feel like? Where do you feel these sensations arising? How are these sensations changing? Can you experience them fully in this present moment without getting hijacked by it or without immediately or anxiously working to make it go away? And as you see these kinds of reactions in your mind, settle back. Come back into your body. Feel the different sensations being born of that emotion in this very moment. And if you find that you're adding judgment, condemning them, maybe projecting future thoughts onto them, anything like that, practice letting go of these reactions as best that you can, almost as though they were birds that are just flying out of your hands and up into the air. And see if you can return your attention to the sensations of the emotions themselves. And bring your focus of the awareness to that part of the body where those sensations are the strongest. Once your attention is moved to those bodily sensations, maybe you'll say to yourself, it's okay. Whatever it is, it's okay. Allow yourself to feel this without pushing it away or 
getting caught up in it. Staying with the awareness of those bodily sensations and your relationship to them, accepting them, letting them be, and softening and opening to them. emotion is not just one thing. It may be moments of sadness, moments of fear, moments of frustration, and even moments of helplessness. Just watch them arise and pass away. Know that none of those states are permanent or unchanging. They're moving, changing, shifting. So no matter what story or add-on arises, Come back to your direct experience in the moment. What are you feeling right now? What does it feel like? What's happening? What's its nature? And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes. This is a good time to reflect. What was most interesting to you about this exercise today? What was most challenging for you? Are there certain things that you learned that would be particularly useful to you bring into your day-to-day, into your work, your relationships, even your life. 